It is a privilege and an honor to me to be the banner. <clears throat> Thank you uh, for giving me an opportunity uh, to come here and to share uh, with you the Word of God. I'll be talking about the fourth commandment today, uh, which is to remember Sabbath and uh, to keep it holy. Um, you know, what a, what a great week to talk about rest. Uh, we are in a long weekend, and uh, well, the fact that some of you, are all, all of you are here, uh, makes me think that we have to learn more about rest and Sabbath. Um, it, is, it has been an interesting experience to uh, learn through the Sabbath. <clears throat> I have read this many times, um, and as most of us have, I was very surprised this time when I was reading and what God was speaking to me through these scriptures. And the Holy Spirit really convicted me um, to take the Sabbath seriously. And I really hope and pray as you listen to this sermon that the Holy Spirit would convict you. Uh, that you would be able to take Sabbath seriously uh, in a very fast-paced uh, uh, city like ours. That God's name will be glorified through us, the way we live, behave, act uh, so that we would be able to be good witnesses of Jesus Christ. So as we, uh, before we get deep into it, let me pray for us. Um, and after that, we will look into the scripture. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing in and through our lives. We thank you for your son, our savior, Jesus Christ, through whom we have hope, eternal hope. God, we thank you for the scripture. We believe that the scripture is true and we believe that it can take us away from eternal damnation to eternal life for those who believe. We believe in the power of the scripture. So today, Lord, open our eyes and our minds to hear what you are speaking to us through the scripture. Take away all this preconceived understanding that we have about Sabbath, about rest, and help us to hear what you are speaking to us today. And Holy Spirit, would you do your work in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds, to convict us and to let us know that the grace of Jesus Christ is available for us to start again and to receive and to live in your fullness. We thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. And I got married about a year and a half ago, and we were living in a small apartment in Berkeley. And our apartment was, uh, you know, basically we had a bedroom and a living room, and that's it. There was nothing else. Um, and my wife always uh, was kind of complaining, and uh, she, she wanted us to get a place where she could store stuff. Uh, now, as a guy who came to this country only to study from India, I only had some books and some clothes. I didn't know the, the importance of storing things and uh, how, how deeply that was connected to who she is. And um, so we, we were thinking, and uh, by the grace of God, we, we, we got into a new place. And in this place, we had a storage room, which was pretty amazing. And that was the thing that you know, made her the most happy. So we walked into this place, it was new, there was storage place, and she was like, yes, we're going to store things, and everything is clean, and perfect, and we start storing things. 
And as you store things, you start to realize that you have a lot of things, right? Um, it surprised me that we had so many things. And we started storing and storing and storing and months and months and months. And, and now there is a situation where we cannot even walk through it. There are so many things. We think that at some point in our lifetime we will use it. And we are wondering how this all things came up together. We started piling things and it started to become a lot. I think this is a good example for our overcrowdedness in our lives. We keep adding more stuff into life. We keep adding more obligation to all the things that we are already doing. Work, seasonal celebrations, weddings, and leisurely things, and sports, and kids, and church. You see so many things that is going on. And we keep adding to it. Somehow... We are in a generation where we think being busier is what that brings purpose and meaning to our lives. It has in fact become a status symbol to know that the more busy you are, the more involved you are. That means that there is something amazing about each one, about us. But what about rest? What about saying no to some of the things? What about taking some time to remember, to recalibrate, and to restore your inner being, who you are, your identity? It almost feels like we have all these works to do, and rest maybe if we can. It's not really important. Does rest become anywhere closer to our priority list? So in a very fast-paced lifestyle here in the Bay Area, where productivity and success and profit seems to be the only most important thing that people think about, what can we learn from this fourth commandment, which talks about rest, and how can we implement this in our personal lives right now, right here in our context with all the things that we need to manage now, beginning with the fourth commandment, I want to share with you four foundational truths about Sabbath and rest that we see in the scripture. And I want to suggest that understanding these theological principles that we see in the scripture can lead us to pray and ask the Holy Spirit ways to help us to remember and to keep the Sabbath. So let's start with the fourth commandment. There are two places that um, the Ten Commandments is written in the Old Testament. One is in Exodus, and another one is in Deuteronomy. Both are written in two different contexts and two different times of the people of Israel. The basic difference is that the version in Exodus is presented as God's word to a group of people that just left captivity. They just left captivity from Egypt And they're leading a life and it was chaotic and they didn't have no rules. And in fact, when you read just a few chapters before chapter 20 and chapter 18, Moses is so stressed out about leading this group of people that his father-in-law says, take a break, you know, find leaders, you know, go and let them do the work. And as he was that stressed, God calls him to the mountain. And gives them some rules so that these folks can have some rules how to lead their lives. That is the context of Exodus. In Deuteronomy, 
The passage is written many years after they have passed on their way to the promised land. This is a whole different generation of people who did not know what has happened. And there, the scripture adds some stuff that people need to remember during that time. So let's start with Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. This is after three commandments that God has asked folks to take seriously. It is interesting, in most and all of the Ten Commandments, everything says, thou shalt, or thou shalt not. But this is the place where it says, it doesn't say thou shalt or thou shalt not. It says, remember the Sabbath. That's how it starts. So that itself makes it pretty unique to understand this commandment. Let me read for you this passage. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or your sojourner who is within your gates. Verse 11. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The first thing that we notice in this commandment is the word remember. That's what we were talking today about communion. It was to remember what Christ has done. In this passage it says, remember the Sabbath day. There was nothing really at this point for the people of Israel to remember about Sabbath. There was no formal teaching about keeping the Sabbath. The only way they could remember was something about manna because it was given six days and the seventh day it was not given because it was considered to be holy. But they didn't have a law about Sabbath till that time. But it says, remember the Sabbath. In fact, these people who were in captivity, to, for them to hear that they could take a day break was pretty amazing. They were slaves in Egypt. They worked for seven days. They worked till it would be dark. There was no sense of timing there. In, this, is, this part changed their life completely. They were surprised to hear that God is interested to give them rest on a day. Where they're not expected to do anything. But the word remember... Not just means that how we understand here in English. That is to get all our disconnected thoughts together. And to remember something that we forgot. The word Hebrew word remember. Zakar has the meaning to go through darkness of forgetfulness into the original. Back to the origin. To the beginning where things were established. In other words. The writer is asking you to remember creation go back to where things were created go back to the origin of things because we can learn something about taking rest right there when God created things 
So remember, it's asking us to go back to creation, to the story where God created things, to understand what Sabbath means. It is written almost verbatim, verse 11 is almost verbatim that we see in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Let me read this. Thus, the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work and he, that he has done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he has done in creation. Sabbath actually does not mean that you somehow work hard for six days and you're so tired and so you take some rest. God was not tired about things. For so many thousands of years, God is still in control and he's not tired. That was not the reason that he had to take rest. Sabbath was created to have order and a rhythm into the chaos that was there before creation. Rest was created by God. It was not an afterthought. When you read Genesis chapter 1, you see everything was chaotic. God brought order into chaos. God brought a sense of rhythm into chaos. Live it to ourselves, we would like to be chaotic. We would not be able to find a rhythm, but God put a rhythm and bar. when God created stuff, he made order. Rest, hence, was not an afterthought of hard work. It was part of the order and the rhythm that God created for human beings to flourish. To have order is something that our generation really needs to learn. Sinful people, when we understand what sin is, it is to go out of order. It is to do the things that we like to do, the time we would like to do, how much or long it takes. God brings order into that system. You know, I've been a youth pastor, and one of the things that I've heard, which has been very interesting and difficult for me to understand is, there are some kids who likes video games, and they can play it for seven days. You're not created to play things for seven days. It can't happen. Not just kids, anyone. You like something, you do that 24 hours. You like your work, so you do it seven, seven days. You were not created to do it in that pace. For the time you like it, there is a rhythm to things. There is an order to things. And God created rest, not when you get tired. God created rest to be part of that order. Sabbath is something that God created as a part of God's order and rhythm to this world. Rest was created by God and he expects us to follow it. Because otherwise, if we don't, we would burn out. My wife is a behavioral therapist. And she talks to many people in the Bay Area who go through anxiety and depression. And one of the things that behavioral therapists tell their clients is this, 
to start and have a schedule, a rhythm, something small. Don't just do the same thing. Start with something. Having a schedule, a rhythm is a good thing for us. Something small and develop that into something that you can handle. God created that order for us. When we miss that order and do our, the things that we like to do, the time we like to do, as long as we like to do, it is breaking that order that God has created. Rest is to understand. Sabbath is to understand the creative order that God has created for us. Number two, rest was to remember who you are before this creator God. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verses 15. This is that part that was, that was added into uh, the, 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 ten comma- the, uh, the commandment about Sabbath here. And this time, this is a generation that has grown in, in, in the desert. And some of them would be going to the promised land. They don't know nothing about what has happened in the past. And Moses is telling, when you take rest, when you take that stop, when you cease to do things, do this. Because it will help you to keep it holy. This is what he says. Verse 15. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. This is the day for the people of Israel to think who they were. To take a moment and sit and think who you are before a creator and an awesome God. To go away from your schedule of thinking that work and busyness, these things that brings meaning to your life. Moses was asked, you know, he told the people to go and really see who you are before God. Work is not who you are. All the busyness that you add into your life is not who you are. Moses is asking people to take some time to think and know and contemplate on who you are. And who they were? They were slaves in the land of Egypt. And God got them out of there. Now many times when we think about Egypt... We just think that, you know, God brought a bunch of people out of a country. What's what's the big deal about that? But at that time, Egypt was the crown of a powerful worldview and a civilization. That was the thriving place of, of, of human civilization at that time. It was powerful. And and imagine this God decides to take about two million people from there. They were not hiding or running away in full view of Pharaoh. Took them away from captivity and bringing them to a promised land. It was an amazing miracle. And Moses is telling, when you stop, when you understand this rhythm and when you take that break, remember who you are. You are not what has happened during this time when you traveled. We were slaves in Egypt and God brought us in an amazing way out of there. 
That is who you are. You're not your work. You're not all the things that you add into your life. You are made in the image of God. That's who you are. And when you know that you're made in God's image and God loves you, that is more greater than anything else that you can see around in your life. During Sabbath, God is asking us to remember who we are and to honor him. And to start learning about rest and Sabbath. You know, it's not just, you know, I've heard so many people giving so many tips about three ways to do this. Ten ways to rest. Ten ways to go away from computer. And all these amazing books. But the best way to do that is to actually know who you are before an awesome God. It starts from valuing your salvation. We were slaves to sin. And God has helped us to come out of sin, not because of any great things that we have done, but because of the work that God has done. And God is asking us to rest in that. That is who you really are. You're not defined by the work that you do. That is what we have done. You're not defined based on what family that you are, what your race is, what your color is, what your language is. You are defined by who God has called you to be. You are defined by this, that once we were slaves to sin, and by the grace of God, we are now living in righteousness, children of God. That is who you are. And when you know that, you would learn how to value work and how to value rest. So Sabbath was created to remember who you are before a creator God. Number three, Sabbath is a time for restoration and it's a time for healing. Jesus in the New Testament talks about Sabbath. Many folks think when Jesus talked about Sabbath, he really didn't care about it because he started doing some amazing things in Sabbath. But there are many other verses that you see in the, in, the, in the New Testament where Jesus tells his disciples, take a break. Go away to a place and rest. Because that will help his disciples to become better witnesses of him in that place. Luke chapter 6 verses 3 to 5, a very well-known passage. This is what Jesus talks about Sabbath. He was talking to the Pharisees as they were talking and arguing. Jesus answered them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He had those who were with him. How he entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of the presence. Which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat. And also gave it to those with him. And he said to them. The son of man is the Lord of Sabbath. Jesus was not against Sabbath. Jesus reorients what Sabbath means. Because folks were following the Sabbath and it almost turned to become a work by itself. Rather than rest. God wants us to be in that rest. When it turned out to become this major ritual. Jesus said this. He reorients the Sabbath and he's suggesting that in Sabbath 
is a time of restoration and healing. When you take a moment to remember who you are before God, when you take a moment to say that this is an order that God has created for me and for my good, and when you sit and take that time, there is healing in there. There is healing when you connect with God. There is restoration when you know who you are and when you connect with your creator. Sabbath or taking a pause can be healing and restorative in our own life. Number four, Hebrews chapter four, verses nine through 11. Sabbath is an invitation to enter into God's Sabbath rest. This is a term that the writer of Hebrew is asking and inviting people to enter into God's Sabbath rest. This was written to a group of community of people that were so anxious because they were going through persecution. There were people, they were faithful in this community who were thinking of going away because they were being persecuted by people around them. And to that group of people, the writer of Hebrew is writing and telling, walk into my rest. Understand rest. You would be able to go through all the anxiety that you're going through. And I wanted to read the same thing for us in this generation. We may not have the same anxiety as people in that community had, but research shows that Bay Area is one of the most anxious in the rest of the country. We have a lot of people who are anxious here. Even though we, have, we are most connected, we have so much of resources. And to that group of people, I believe God is telling to us, enter into God's Sabbath rest. This is what Hebrews 4, 9 through 11 says. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. What is Sabbath rest? The world takes rest after a hard week of work, right? Six days of work or five days of work, and after that, we take rest. But God gives us rest in the beginning of things. God created for six days. And he created human beings, and the first thing that we did was to take rest. Rest was not an afterthought. Rest was the beginning of how we entered into the creative process of what God asked us to do. God invites us to his creative process in this world. And he does not, he does not say that do this stuff and when you get tired, take rest. He asks us to be in that rest. Begin with that rest. And this is the reason. You know, companies would say, it's, it's not rocket science, right? Everyone would say, take rest. It's good. You, you, can, you can be more productive. That is not what the scripture is telling. The scripture is not telling that take two days off so that you can do even more great work in your company. That's not what the scripture is telling. 
The scripture is telling that you were created in rest in the beginning. And when you know that rest, you would be able to value your work even more. When you know that you are not judged based on your work. You're not judged based on how many times you come to church. You're not judged based on how many people you have helped. How much money you have made. You are judged on only one thing. That you are made in the image of God. And God loves you. And he invites you to this rest. And when you understand that rest. You would be able to know this. How to give your skills and your talents so that God's name will be glorified. You would not be stressing out on the things to do here because you know that God values you more than your work, more than your busyness. He invites you into this rest. Our lives started with rest. We have changed that by having an identity because of our work and busyness and because of our tired nature we just think it is great to take some rest and maybe even pray to God that time that's not how it is it is right the opposite way how God works through this real rest then is to lead a life without guilt and sin a day real rest is to know that can I have a day where I can lead my life without guilt looking to God now that can only happen when you look at the cross your works can never help you to become or have a day without guilt that can only be given to you but what God has done to you already live in that rest lead a life that is guilt free that is actually rest vacations cannot give you rest and that is pretty obvious right we go for a vacation and after that we need one week holiday to get away from the tiredness of the vacation it just happens many people tell that it is tiring to plan these things and it's costly and to go to these places and to come back and you need another holiday just to recuperate from that real rest friends as the scripture says is this to learn who you are before God and to lead a life without guilt that is offered to you not because of your greatness or your goodness by the grace of God on the cross of Calvary when you look at the cross and when you understand Jesus and you understand who you are before God you understand real rest and that would help you to thrive in all areas of your life now why can we not live in those principles? Tim Keller, a great pastor who's in New York, actually talks about several patterns that we have in the modern world and the things that we are, need to be concerned about to live here in this place. And that is some of the reasons that we, can, we are not able to follow the Sabbath. Number one is we live in a time where jobs are so competitive. If you are not willing to work for 45 hours, there is someone else to work for 50 hours. Someone right behind you. And I really know people who work for more than 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours. There are people right here in the Bay Area who does that. It is a very competitive world and, and some people need to work two or three jobs just to live here. 
in the midst of that, God is asking us to honor Sabbath and to keep it. Number two, technology has actually made things, supposed to make things easier for us. Technology was supposed to make things easier so that you'll have more time. It has made us more and more busy. Right? You can send emails like right now when you're listening to me, to someone. There was a time where I, believe, I remember just going to my computer is the time I would, I would send my emails. But now by the time I go to my computer, there are 30 emails. So it's better to just go through the phone. Technology has made it even more busier and brought work into every aspect of our lives. Homes, family, church, wherever we can, we end up working. It is brought to all of these places. Work itself became our primary identity. Work was meant for us to do something for the flourishing of all people and also for our own, uh, ourselves and our family. That was the idea of it. But work became primary. It be- brought meaning to us rather than anything else. And that changed how we see rest. How can we overcome it? Take this as an opportunity to trust in God, especially here in the Bay Area. If you want to talk about Christ, if you want to evangelize to people, just preaching here is not what happens here. Try to live, behave, act like Jesus and what the scripture says. Trust in God to take a break, to say no to several things. We say yes to all of the things because that somehow brings meaning to us. We, we feel valuable among people. Try to say no to some things. Trust in God and know that God will provide. And some of us who are working in companies and leaders and others, this is a great opportunity to take a break and to say, and if people ask, an amazing opportunity to say, you know, I want to believe that God is going to take care of this for me at this moment. Great opportunity to talk about God. Take this as an opportunity to trust in God. For some of you who are leading companies and and leading things, let this be a model for what you do at your work. It's not six days of working hard and then rest. Try to do something else. Try with rest first and then work. This really happened. When Westgate hired me, they gave me 20 days rest before starting my job. I think it's a very biblical model. <laughs> because they looked at me and said, man, you're tired. You've been in school for such a long time. You need, to, you need to take a rest. Now, I believe that when, when Christians do stuff like that, you get to have an opportunity to talk about God to people, to the folks that you serve, to the people at large that you minister to. Take this as an opportunity to trust in God. Number two. Have a person to keep you accountable for Sabbath. Someone in your family or in your friend circle that you be accountable for everything. Make this as an important thing. This is not an afterthought. This is a commandment. This was created for you to follow. Have a person who can be accountable to Sabbath. In my, in my home, my, my wife is very, very accountable for me regarding Sabbath. Right? 
We, we, we decided after our wedding that we would pray every single day before going to bed because that, not just on our bed, separately, you know, take some time. And this would be a good time for us to remember who we are and, and what God has done to us. But there are sometimes I get too busy on a Saturday or on a Friday. I'm doing greater things. I'm preparing sermon. She said, no. She tells, no. You need to be here. You need to pray. That's the time that I am quiet and I'm connecting to God and not finding my worth in my words or in my preparation or in anything that I do, but finding my worth in God. Find a person who can be accountable to you for Sabbath. Do this in community because this could be something that we do as a group together, not by ourselves. Learn how to do this in community. Finally, take time to remember who you are in relationship with God because actual rest is this, knowing that God has called you to lead a life that is guilt-free every single day. You would find rest in God that only comes through the cross that only comes from Jesus that only comes when you understand that you are made and created to begin in rest God invites you to a Sabbath rest know that you cannot earn it you cannot work hard for it God invites you to it and you would learn and understand your work your skills your talents will be used for God's glory. And that way you would be able to honor Sabbath. Let's close our eyes for a moment. Can we take a time to reflect through these words? These are basically four very important pillars of what we understand about rest. Can you pray and ask God and ask the Holy Spirit to show you areas in which you don't value Sabbath? God created rest. He created Sabbath. And he wants us to enter into his rest. If your work and your busyness and all the things that is going around in your life is what brings meaning and purpose to you, may I tell you to look up to the cross and ask God who you are really. Who you are really is called to lead a free life, a guilt-free life. And when you understand that greatness and when you understand that rest, when you understand that God has created you beginning with rest, when you know that you are slaves to sin, but now you're slaves to righteousness, you are children of God. Not based on all the good things that you've done, but simply because you're made in the image of God. Church, that's when you experience rest. No guilt in life because our hope is in Christ. Our hope is in that message of hope that Christ brings to us. 
Can I ask all of us to just stand up? I know this is maybe a little different. Um, and can you just pray? Can we all stand up? We're going to sing a song. But uh, can, you, can you take a moment just to pray for those who are next to you? Just to pray a word. And um, just to say that, Lord, I don't know what is happening to my brother, to my sister. I don't know what they are anxious about. I don't know what they're carrying. I don't know where they need rest. I don't know where they're going to find rest. Wherever you may go, church, may you know this. It is on the cross that you find absolute rest. So would you take a moment to pray for those who are next to you? Just a word of prayer to say that, Lord, help them to find rest. Help them to find you. Jesus. Heavenly Father, we come to you. And God, we pray that would you help us to show how you want us to lead our lives in a busy place like the Bay Area. Teach us how to trust in you. Teach us how to know that you have called us to rest in you. In the midst of all the things that we're doing, help us to have a guilt-free life. And Lord, I pray for this congregation. I pray for this church. And I pray for those who are burdened and heavy laden. The Bible says, Jesus says, come to me, those who are burdened. I will give you rest. Jesus gives you rest. Gives you a new identity. Helps you to remember who you are. God teaches how to keep the Sabbath holy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.